0: You, you are listening to The Community Call with host Murray Riley Jr. Hello, folks. This is the Skyshot Radio podcast, Community Call. We are back again for another rousing episode of The Community Call podcast, and we have a stellar group tonight here with us on the show. Before we get started, we want to share with you some of our top stories, and I'm going to tell you something, folks what some top stories we have for tonight's episode. And I can tell you guys this much. We have been going through a lot here in the country. And I'll tell you what, I've just, I've lost all my sense of purpose when it comes to understanding how we as a nation are ripping ourselves apart here. And we got to do a better job of coming together. Now, some of our headlines for tonight That goes as follows, and this will be our weekend edition. It says, make make America fear again and again. President Donald Trump accepted the Republican Party's nomination with the convention speech centered on fear, much like he did four years ago when he exaggerated crime data and promised violence would stop. Uh, He attacked Joe Biden as a Trojan horse for socialism and presented misleading information about America's response to the coronavirus pandemic. And I can tell you, let me tell you something. This one just, this one just gets under my skin. Uh, hurricane Laura has carved up through through Louisiana, everyone, and our, our thoughts and prayers go to everyone affected by Hurricane Laura this past week. At least six people died as Hurricane Laura once the strongest hurricane ever to strike the U.S. barrel across Louisiana on Thursday. A full assessment of the damage will take days. Laura hit the U.S. after killing nearly two dozen people on the islands. Uh, Also, athletes continue to protest. Athletes across several major sports leagues refused to play scheduled games on Thursday, continuing their protest against the police shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man in Wisconsin. The NBA said it's hopeful to resume games either Friday or Saturday. And, folks, yes, that was the case. Uh, just and I tell you one thing: that uh, hats off to everyone in the NBA, Major League Baseball, and all the other major sports who decided to take part in in the protests. I w- I appreciate them so much. Now, as we continue on with our top stories, we want to share with you the un- the unethical. Information that's going on right now far as what's happening with uh, the uh, White House and what happened on the White House lawn. <laughs> the president did his speech in front of the White House folks. And let's let's be totally honest uh, about what the president did. Uh, we know this was grandstanding on a scale that's beyond recognition. The unethical and illegal critics slammed Trump for using a sol- using the sovereign of the White House for his speech at the Republican National Convention. This abomination may be the most visible misuse of official position for private gain in America's history. And that came from a former White House ethics chief, Chief Walter Schlob, in a tweet. Yes, he was right. This was absolutely unethical what was going on here. The in Kennesaw, uh, Wisconsin protest uh, shooting victims, the two men killed at the protest over the police shooting of Jacob Blake were a father and a skater. Uh, and I tell you one thing if you saw this out on social media, I think this is just awful what's been going on. I can't wait till the guys let me know how they feel about this situation. Um, as we go forward with it, let's also talk about Japan's longest serving. Um, Prime Minister to resign. Prime Minister Sinjo Adabi uh, will step down due to his declining health. It's gut-wrenching to have to leave the job before accomplishing my goals. I be mean, said Friday. He's expected to stay on until the newly party leader is approved. Concerns over his chronic health issues intensified this month when he visited a Tokyo hospital two weeks in a row for an unspecified checkup. And this came from the Associated Press. Uh. One of America's allies may be gone for sure. Um, I hope we can we don't get a radical in in the in this prime minister's position. Let's hope not. Also, the Trump DOJ targets Democrats. Uh, Democratic governors. Uh, the top civil rights official at the Department of Justice said he was considering launching investigations into how state-owned nursing homes responded to the coronavirus. The unusual announcement targeted states with Democratic governors raising suspicions that the, more the move is politically motivated. Yes, it is. Uh, this is just outrageous. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. Also, Facebook has blood on, blood on its hands as well. Facebook deliberately took no action against the group uh, on the platform uh, as members plotted an armed takeover of the Kennesaw Wisconsin uh, and encouraged each other to shoot to kill civil rights organizations and Muslim advocates repeatedly highlighted the danger until Facebook took down the page and these are our top stories of of the weekend of the weekend edition I'll tell you what folks uh what some scary things that are happening in, in the nation here right now and uh, I am just very much disturbed by some of the things that I've been seeing hearing um, of this past week and this and this weekend as well, we had, an, we had the National Ashing Network had a march on Washington with Black Lives Matters and other groups at the, at the National Memorial there, the Lincoln Memorial. We had that t- take place. Also, we had some other events take place across the country in relationship to in, into protesting. They were protesting in several other cities around the country as well during the during the March on Washington. Also, we want to share with everyone that there, there's, there's a continued effort to dissuade people from believing in the, in the issue of protests. And so this is something that is going on and on and on and on as we go forward in this election season. Um, uh, guys, we're going to bring the guys in right now uh, uh, into the show. Michael, welcome to the show, sir. Many, many Thanks. Thanks so much, Michael. Glad to have you here. Also, our our veteran has made it back to the show. Victor, welcome to the show, sir.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And we have we have the queen of the podcast, Charlene. She may have stepped away just a moment. All right. I'm doing wonderful. Glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. Guys, what do you think of our top stories from this past week? Uh, First of all, let's talk about the current president having a speech in front of the White House. Victor, talk to me. Uh, Donald Trump decided to hold hold this speech in front of the White House. What's your opinion? Okay, first my opinion is
1: that he's trying to um, have a monarchy instead of a democracy. I say that because throughout the week, you had family members who constantly spoke, his three oldest children, uh, plus his son, Eric, wife, Laura, his son, girlfriend, Kimberly, I can't pronounce her last name. An interesting fact about her is that she was once married to the current Democratic governor of California, Gavin Newsom, but now she's um, stomping for Trump. Also not only did they break the Hatch Act by using the White House as the campaign ground, but also you've seen that there was over 1,000 people who was at the White House during Trump's speech, during Melania's speech, during Mike Pence's speech, during uh, Pence's wife's speech, and there was 1,000 people. And when I look at it, I can count on one hand how many people had masks and it was not socially distancing or anything. So um, it was a travesty. travesty. Then um, what was, you know, rewarding, I did watch it, but the ratings for the Democratic National Convention beat the Republican National Convention. Um, right now, a lot of people, including myself, are concerned that um, they're going to try to use this law and order thing to try to, um, as you stated earlier, to stoke fear into people. So we just have to be vigilant and keep doing what we are doing to get people out to vote.
0: Yes, I agree, Victor. We got some work to do. Um, Just the idea of seeing Donald Trump stand in front of the White House as if he were a king was absolutely shameful yes folks murray saying it as victor said he wants to be a deity and we have to do everything in our power to not let this happen folks charlene what's your feeling on that michael what's your feeling on it ah just about the same
2: thing that you said as you and victor well put it because we have never ever had an incoming president, Republican or Democrat, pull the illegal, unethical, unlawful stunt that Trump had pulled. This is a direct violation of the Hatch Act. All the other um, all the other conventions, as well as the acceptance of the nominations were always done in a structured arena for such rallies. And pretty, pretty much that has always been the long-standing rule of law. But this so-called president who boasts about law and order has become the absolute most lawless person to ever be in office. And on top of that, turning much of his base, his cult, into lawless adversaries of America. The guy that will use police, use cops as props, and trying to turn the police force upside down to follow his agenda with the assistance of those fellow racists that we have mentioned from time to time, and then on top of that, having non law enforcement of the same catapult, joining forces to spew about his racist, dictator-like um, agenda. And it's becoming a real serious matter here that, let's face it, I said it before, Murray, and Victor, you probably know I said this before as well. I said it on the pages of Sky shout and a point of concern. That the real law and order consists of equal justice, equal protection, equal protection, equal accountability, as well as checks and balances, and of most importance, the Constitution of the United States. That is the real law and order here. Without those, there is no law and order, period. That's why we have these principles. That's why we have these checks and balances. Not the phony law and order that Trump, Pence, and these right wing extremists keep boasting about. Let's face it, Trump's idea of law and order is I am the only law and the only one that gives the order. That is serious stuff.
0: You know something? this whole situation with Trump standing in front of that building, just it's unnerving, even knowing that they had, he had the opportunity to do it. Yes. He's the president, of course. And we all know that he was going to do something that was a grandstanding moment that, inf- that would symbolize the power that he has over the country right now. And I know that base of his was just, Oh, they were loving every moment of it. Okay. Right. And that's the thing about this, but it, it, to me, to me, it doesn't really lends. It doesn't lend itself to to make the president seem strong. It just makes him seem as if he has a out of control ego, folks. Okay, this this is the guy with egos that's totally out, just totally out of control. And so, when you're an egomaniac like the president is right now, yes, I'm saying it. He's an egomaniac. He you would do something like what he did. OK, you would have the Republican National Convention at the home of where you've been for four years. Why not? And I know some folks on the other side would say, well, Murray, he's the president. He has a choice. He can do whatever he wants to do. And, and so we also respect the fact that he is the president. If he chose to have, he chose to have his speech in front of the White House. It is it's his. It's his authority to do so. And so that's a big deal to me. And I, I think I think that's, that's one of those things that we all disagree with. And I just think it's a big deal that he even would consider doing that and when he could have chose some neutral ground to do his speech on, but he chose the White House. I just thought it was awful. Victor, what do you think? Does the egomaniac have an opportunity to do what the president did? Yes or no? No, I mean,
1: first, Nobody should to do what he done. Second, uh, it is known that he's a narcissist. You know, he thinks that everything is about him. Everyone that spoke, want, he wanted to make sure they spoke about him. It's one thing to promote somebody on their um, standard and their character, but just to promote someone because of their name is another thing because of the fact that um, he he just like hearing his name called by people. And then when yes. you listen to his speech, he spoke for seventy one minutes. And this is another sign of a narcissistic dictator. They don't know when to stop talking because of the fact that they want to hear themselves talk or they want to hear the response from the people they're talking yes. to. But yes. there's no um but you already know that uh, the message was already um, fact-checked, and there was thousands of lies.
0: All the time, all the time, all the time when we had the live fat checking it. Most of the stuff that the president was saying was so distorted and lies and everything else under the sun. Uh, Michael, how, do you, how did you feel about that 71-minute speech? Big question is, when will
2: it ever stop? And I didn't even realize it was 71 minutes, to be quite honest. But the thing is, even 71 seconds would be too much for me, given how much the guy lies, how much the guy bullies, how much the guy manipulates people, how much the guy terrorizes. Yes, Michael said it. I'm calling Donald J. Trump a God-forsaken terrorist and an adversary, to the American people and to the people worldwide, public enemy number one, indeed, you know, and the fact that he would go further to engage in all these atrocities, and he and Pence will say you will not be safe in Joe Biden's America. Look at the violence that is going on now. This violence is perpetrated by not Joe Biden, not by Kamala Harris, but by Trump and Pence through their rhetoric, through their lies, through their incitement of violence, and even yes, there are Democrats that are accusing rightfully accusing these two um, these two devils of rooting for violence, even citing the suggestion from Kellyanne Conway that yeah, we should root for violence that will work for us, make people afraid. And we could always point the finger towards Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as if they're responsible for the violence that's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, Trump and Pence have been in the White House for four years, ever since 2016. Even since um, the 2016 campaign, it's been ongoing one after another after another and things kept getting worse and worse and worse. Need I remind everybody of the warning of intelligence chairman, Adam Schiff said at the um, point of the impeachment hearings and impeachment trial that if no one held Trump accountable after all the destruction, after all the injustices he has done to the people. If no one held him accountable, it's going to be a heck of a lot worse and be far more dangerous. We are still seeing it with the fact that he did what he did with the White House law that no other president, Republican or Democrat, stooped to and knew full well to stick with the laws, the election laws and the laws of campaigning as well as the Constitution.
0: Yeah, that that to me, this was just one of those moments that we had to deal with, and I agree with you, Michael. Just, 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 this this entire thing was just ludicrous on, in the, which a president would do what he's done, and and no no president in the Amer- in American history hosted a a convention at the White House. Now we can go back a little bit and 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 think of some great speeches that were done at the White House. But not a convention of this sort. Yes, yes, yes. Everyone, the pandemic. I know everybody's going to say that when they listen to this, Murray. It was Murray. It's 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 COVID 19. We have we in the middle of a pandemic. What do you think the president was going to do? Have it in the arena? No, no. But he could have had it in a neutral place, and then that way this wouldn't have been what it was, which I consider the greatest grandstanding anybody could do as president. And Donald Trump really showed me that he could grandstand in front of the White House like that and, and, and had to have to have people even to have people even think, oh, oh, uh, the president's at the White House. Yeah, he's literally standing in front of the White House, folks, as if it was a piece of property that he owned. Just think for a second, think for a second. Yep. Go ahead, Victor, i hear you back there. What are you thinking, sir? So
1: that yeah. was me. Um, oh, go ahead, Victor,
0: oh. go ahead, Mike. No, you you,
2: you first. I was just gonna um, counter um, what Murray was saying, what these Republicans, Trump's base would say, but we're in the COVID-19 pandemic. But um, yeah, I could ca- I ca- hold up for a minute though.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Victor. Michael's giving you the I, baton.
1: What do you think? Well, I just think that, um, once again, we have someone who wants to be a dictator. Because when he um, initially accepted the nomination, I think it was at the beginning of the week, he had joked and said, oh, I can be president for 12 more years. So you have someone that wants to make it to where he can stay in the White House as long as he would like. But let's just hope that his time is up in um, January 20th, 2021, um, 2021.
0: But this is this, is the, thing, this is the thing I want to say with, with what you're saying, <clears throat> Victor. Now, 12 years is a long time, and I doubt Donald Trump could, could pull off something where he could remain president for 12 years. We have too much in place for a person of 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 Donald Trump's distinction to be a president for that long. We have yeah. we have too many in place. And the only way something like that would happen as if this this election would be um um thrown into thrown into chaos. And as everyone has been hearing and I want to say this folks, I hope everybody's listening to this everyone is talking about foreign intervention into this year's election especially Russia and other nations who feel we are very vulnerable at this time during the COVID-19. And so they feel like they can come out of it, they can come at us with this and, and make it seem as if we can infiltrate this election and pick and choose who we want to be president once again as if what they did in 2016 when, when the election was messed with when Hillary Clinton was a candidate. So I think I'm with you, Victor. It is, we, we should be concerned, but we also should be vigilant. I am, I think everybody needs to be vigilant at this moment, and I'm talking to a poll watcher. Hey, folks, it's our turn now. We need to make sure we watch where we vote and watch the people who are voting as well. Make sure our folks are getting to the polls and 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 using their God-given right to vote. Michael, come on and talk to me. How do you feel about this situation? Victor's pointing this thing out where he's talking about twelve years. Yeah, I hear we, that. We,
2: I hear that. But we, um, can't,
0: can't do, we can't do a 12 year we, we barely did this four. we can't tack on another, we can't tack on that much time. I am sorry.
1: Um, and, we can't. Uh, excuse me, Michael. Excuse me, guys. I just want to say in order for him to do something like that, he would have to repeal the twenty second amendment. The twenty second amendment states um, the two term mm-hmm. limits. That was made shortly after uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt presidency, who he died in his fourth term. Go ahead,
0: Michael. Okay. So he died in All his right. fourth term. Wait a second, wait a second. Because okay, so he's throwing Victor's throwing some history at Murray. Let me let me let me go through my archives a second. Okay, so uh correct. Roosevelt did four years, four terms. Okay, we didn't have term no. limits at that time. Now no. Do we have a Supreme Court that would allow would allow term the term limits to be overridden? I seriously doubt it because you have you have some conservative voices who would not vote, I don't think. They may be prompted to vote, but I I do not think those members who are conservative in the Supreme Court would vote to repeal the term limits for the president. That, that, That 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 to me it just sounds very, very funny. That is something like that. That's that's where Donald Trump would target. Would be he would take that thing all the way to the Supreme Court. And yes, you have conservative conservative judges on the Supreme Court who would who I don't think they would even consider doing this. The possibility may be there, guys, but huh, I don't think I don't think America would would stand for it. I don't think America would stand for it. Michael, what are your thoughts?
2: Uh, well, here here are my thoughts. First, going back to Um, what the right wing is trying to justify Trump's using the White House lawn, saying, oh, but Murray, but liberals, um, this is the coronavirus pandemic. You know, of course he should just stay at the White House. But then why in the world are you going to have a select bunch of Trump loyalists, Trump cult members crammed into the lawn, nobody wearing masks, no social distancing whatsoever, just to go rah, rah, rah for Trump, who all of them had made into a false God, a false savior, nonetheless. So don't give me this nonsense about this uh, pandemic going on. Trump could have, if Trump had to stay in the White House, he could have gone virtual and spoke to his um, base. And if anybody wanted to join in from virtually, as a Zoom virtual audience—that would be another issue. But even that would raise questions because of again yeah. the no, Hatch that, Act. You, that, you know, that, so that let's, But but it also talking about what you're saying about the 22nd Amendment. Let's let's um, look at some reality. I shouldn't say reality, but a little history that amendments can only actually be added into the Constitution, and that is from the result of Congress, all right? The Supreme Court could not take away the 22nd Amendment, and Trump may get this idea out of his stupid head that he's going to, once the 22nd Amendment repealed, so he could stay a so-called, a wannabe, uh, fantasized dictator forever and ever. No, that is not going to happen. We're still having an election, and there are more and more people now voting against him, that being Democrats, that being independents, and a growing number of Republicans that are opposing him because they're seeing the kind of monster, the deadly monster, racist, sexist monster that he has become and is emerging into. Barack Obama, President Barack Obama called it right, that Trump failed to grow up, paraphrasing, failed to grow up and grow into the presidency and accept the responsibilities diligently and ethically. No, Trump used the office to further his own personal agenda and get his kicks off of abusing people who opposed him even if it's the point of picking on little children, American and non-American, what in the world kind of an example is that to set worldwide? And as you said, Murray, the world is watching.
0: Yes, so much, so much. The world is watching us, Guys, I, 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 Victor. You got me with the 22nd Amendment today, man. That was a uh, mind blow, mind blow. I thought I was a history nut. But that was a good one because I was just thinking, you know, 12 years, you would have to repeal the 22nd Amendment. And, and who would ratify that? Nobody, because I don't think anybody in Congress would ratify the removal of the 22nd Amendment because uh, we, we don't need a – we couldn't do that anyway. I don't think the nation would stand for someone being a president forever um, it's, it's a grandiose idea. Ooh, that's a big word tonight. Let's say it one more time. Grandiose idea for a person to think that way, um, such as Donald Trump. And you're right, Michael, uh, it's absolutely mind boggling that folks would, would idly vote for this amendment to repeat, be repealed. I don't think it would happen, but we want to move on. We want to move on. We want to talk about the protesting. We want to talk about the the, the March on Washington. And guys, uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to read or catch up um, via um, YouTube. There were some great speeches being held at the Washington Monument uh, Memorial March um, this, this past week. Um, Martin Luther King's granddaughter, Boyd, she took to that microphone and she let the world know all, all of our hearts and how we feel inside of our hearts. Uh, I, I wanna start with you, Michael, how did you feel? It was a wonderful speech coming from a very small voice, but it sure was loud enough for the world to hear.
2: And the apple doesn't fall far from the wondrous tree, does it? And she did a phenomenal job as well as all others that were speaking out. We got to give congratulations to Reverend Al Sharpton for getting this organized along with his assistants. And if you took a look at the people in attendance, Um, the volume that was there was somewhat identical or maybe close to the volumes that attended the inauguration in 2009 of President Barack Obama. All right? It was far more than those that attended um, Trump's inauguration. Let's get that straight. But the volumes were maybe not as high, but close to high, then I should say close to high as of Obama's inauguration. These people have been sharing the same issues that have been going on. And, you know, just as they repeat the I have a dream speech 57 years ago, who would have thought 57 years later, that we'd be right back to where we started from? No pun intended, no no, um, no reference to the 1976 disco hit by British um, recording artist Maxine Nightingale for those that remember their pop music or disco music history. No, it seems like we're it right back out. to It seems that we're right back to where we started from because of the likes of Trump and what he's trying to turn the clock back on. This is absolutely insane, and then we find out. In the midst of the RNC, we have, as you have mentioned before, the um, shooting of Jacob Blake by a white cop from the back. And then, as the protests went on in Kenosha, a white team who was said to have been in attendance of a Trump rally um, some time ago turned around and shot and killed innocent, unarmed, peaceful protesters again resulting from Trumpism. And then and in the midst of all of this gentlemen, we have to give recognition to the passing of a millennium movie icon superstar who himself has become a critic of Trump, and who has spoken up in advocacy of equal rights, truth and justice. I speak of the man that portrayed Jackie Robinson, the man that portrayed Thurgood Marshall, the man that portrayed the godfather of soul, James Brown, Mr. Chadwick Boseman, who became the first black superhero, um, character, the black superhero, that being Black Panther. He himself has taken a stand on these social issues and calls for justice. Likewise, and that was August 28th, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, And then who would have thought or realized that the following day, August 29th, would be another birthday observance of another um, pop music icon that had gone before us, who himself was an advocate for equal rights, equal justice, a great humanitarian, and a person who professed about peace and love all over the nation, all over the world, and doing so, again, with truth and high ethics. Michael Jackson, who would have been 62 years old, August 29th. Yes, they were great entertainers, but they sure made and left their marks on the um, issues of social justice, of equality, of truth and justice.
0: Yes, 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 we want to um, um, give our Mm -hmm. condolences to Chadwick Roadsman's family. Who was a fellow South Carolinian? Uh, Victor. He was from here. Yeah. Uh, He's from and, our,
1: uh, Yeah. Anderson. Uh, Anderson, South yeah. Carolina. Um, yeah. He went to T.L. Hanna High School, and from there he went to Howard University. Then an interesting um, story was that at Howard, he was um, taught under Felicia Rashad, and it was Felicia Rashad that um, encouraged him to take his talent first to Broadway really, into Hollywood and um we have another South Carolinian South Carolinian actress Viola Davis mm-hmm. about a month ago she bought the land that she was born on in St. Matthews she was born on sharecropper land back in 1965 and um she recently bought the land that she was born on so kudos to her yes. um, so, so I I, I want to touch on what Michael was talking about. When I mean, we look at um, August the twenty eighth, um, fifty seven years ago was the march on Washington. But guess what happened on August the twenty eighth, nineteen fifty five? That was the killing of Emmett Till. Fifty five years ago from that date. Exactly. And Emmett Till. Um, well, excuse me. The late John Lewis stated shortly before his death that Emmett Hill was his jaws Floyd That what encouraged him to fight for civil rights. Growing up himself on the shore of copper land in Alabama, in Troy, Alabama, because uh, Dr. King affectionately called him a boy from Troy. And So when we look at this history, and as Michael was saying, it seems like it's trying to play itself over again. And one last thing I want to touch on about Kyle Rittenhouse, the right man. I'm going to say man. And the reason I'm saying man is because he needs to be tried like an adult, just like when a black 14 or 15-year-old offender is tried. They are tried as an adult. So... He, he need to be tried as an adult himself. He shot and killed two white protesters and blew off the arm of another one. So when I look at that, um, because, you know, one of the arguments that a lot of the people try to use when you talk about Black Lives Matter is that, well, what about the black-on-black crime? Okay. Well, yeah. We have a white right guy that shots a white right folks. But well, what about right on white right killing? Now,
0: you know something, and and, and I'm glad I you touched talk- that. Go ahead, Michael.
2: Uh, all those people, and I'm glad to thank you, Victor, for raising that about this um, rhetoric on talk about black on black crimes. We heard this nonsense from the likes of Rudy Giuliani, of Sean Hannity, and all these other right-wing racists that want to um, try to debunk the responsibility and the accountability of where they should be um, held to for for causing such um, injustice. The thing is, and this has been my answer for the longest time, and I think, Murray, you remember I said this, when Blacks commit a crime, they are often arrested and they are prosecuted, they are convicted and thus incarcerated, as well they should. The problem is you got whites that commit the same kind of crimes and at times even worse. And what happens to them largely? Nothing. Not a doggone thing. So don't come up to any of us, don't come up to Murray, don't come up to Victor, and don't come up to Michael S.W. from New York City and say, what about black-on-black crimes ever, ever again, until you address and you accept the fact that blacks that commit crimes are always held accountable, but we can't say the same, honestly speaking, about when whites commit crimes, and even the same whites that commit terrorism that are rarely held accountable to the same standards at the same pace, at the same ratings for doggone sakes. Where is the equality, ladies and gentlemen, where is the equal protection, ladies and gentlemen, where is the equal accountability, ladies and gentlemen? Are you all getting the picture here?
0: You know something? I'm glad you're touching on this. And it, one thing that I'm disturbed by is the fact that there's always that double jeopardy when it comes to black black assailants that versus white assailants. And and let's think about that young kid that who went to Kenosha, Wisconsin, with a long gun and killed two people, injured one person. Okay. And the police was coming down the street. Folks, have you seen this video? Go to YouTube, Kenosha, Wisconsin um, protests, and you will see the video of this young man with a long gun running down the street. As police pass him by, he has his hands up, waiting for law enforcement to to come to him, but they passed him. The protesters chased down this young man and had him on the ground until law enforcement came. Now, this kid made it back to Illinois unscathed after he left the protest in Kenosha. Now, this is the same young kid that has $220,000 raised for him in a defense fund by a bunch of Christian folks. And so if that ain't double jeopardy, what you call it? Uh, Also, uh, let's let's talk about the fact that you had another fatal shooting on Saturday, that happened in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and and a, one of the activists from BLM, um, there was there was a person who got shot in Portland, Oregon, and uh, Trumps and Trump supporters clashed with the BLM folks in Portland, Oregon as well. And we so we have another situation where people are being incited by the president's rhetoric and going out and committing these crimes. Yes, Michael, it is a crime to incite violence by your voice. Yes, it is. And I think in every sense of the word, yes, in every sense of the word, folks, we should hold Donald Trump to task on this because his rhetoric is inciting these people to go out and kill innocent protesters. Now, I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to sound controversial. One, people will say, well, you have bad elements mixed in with the protesters, Murray. Are you going to hold them responsible or are you going to let them go? No, we're going to hold those elements responsible because they're committing crimes just as well as the young man with the long gun committed a crime as well by murdering two people and' getting away with Scott- free until he gets prosecuted. he avoided extradition. A judge in Illinois said no we're not going to extradite him back to w- Kenosha Wisconsin. no, we're not And so that to me this is the this is the greatest travesty that that you can see in our justice system where a white male 17 years of age, who's got a shield around him already by by law enforcement in Illinois. And that's not right by any means. Jacob Jacob Blake it has seven holes in him. He's never going to walk again, folks. But we had Jacob Blake shackled to a bed. So, let's look at the picture of double jeopardy. That's what you call double jeopardy. That's what I call that's what I call racism at its highest, where you let someone get all the way back to their home state unscathed, and 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 everyone else knowingly knew that he committed a crime, and you don't do anything about it. It's absolutely shameful. And this uh, is Murray? a tri- and it's attributed to the president's rhetoric. I will say that. Yes, Michael. Are
2: you saying double
0: jeopardy, or do
2: you mean double standards?
0: I want to say double standards because we hadn't got to court yet. Thank you. I'm using my legal uh. stuff already. I'm using my legal stuff already. Double standard, yes, and it is a double standard when someone is going from one place to another place unscathed and not nobody yep. checks them. I just think this whole thing is is just wrong. It's wrong on every You're level right. of it.
2: You're right, and it goes as far back as far back as what happened to Gabby Giffords, if you recall, and the perpetrator of that. And yes, I've been on record. Michael S.W. from New York City has been on record <laughs> and saying that a person who's long overdue to be going into prison, that being Sarah Palin, former vice presidential candidate who was John McCain's um, running mate and who I think John McCain's probably realizing maybe rolling over in his grave, rest his soul. But the biggest mistake he made was selecting her as a running mate, in which she is largely responsible for her rhetoric, the crosshair targets map, in which the crosshairs targets represented those Democrats in Congress whom she was targeting and telling her base or her cult, these are the people we must take out because of their um, voting in favor of Obamacare. And lo and behold, one of those targets in Arizona, in Tucson, was struck not once but twice, Gabby Giffords. First time, her office was ramshacked and vandalized, and she knew that um, that was a result of the crosshair targets map. And she said on the the air that people got to stop with this violent rhetoric before somebody gets hurt, but no. Sarah Palin kept doubling down and tripling down to where Jared Lee Laughlin had came up to Miss um, Giffords and attempted to assassinate her and shot anyone else that got in the way. Drew got killed, um, a Republican judge, and a young nine-year-old girl. Who went to wanted to meet Gabby Giffords in person because she thought the world of her. So Gabby yep. Giffords nearly assassinated. Thank God she's still alive, but because of her injuries, she's no longer um, Democratic Congresswoman. So Sarah Palin got what she wanted, so to speak, but remains um, unaccounted for her Dashley crime. Based on what you and I have said, Murray that people's rhetoric, and inciting, and leading to an actual crime going on is just as much as criminal, and Lord knows I have repeated the case study that has a successful prosecution and conviction of such nature, Arizona v. Shaughness Ford.
0: Yes, yes. We kind of got into that one last year a little bit, Michael, and it made, it, made it, it, it was something for us to – dive into, and all the things that we discovered, how everything was wrong, and all this information misinformation surrounding the case, and everything like that, folks. Yes, folks, we do our own investigations here. Michael's a great investigator, and yours truly, we try to investigate situations and get to the truth, and we bring the truth to you here on the show. Folks, we want to tell you, um, give you some details about what happened with uh, when the trump supporters and the blm protesters clashed in portland, oregon, um democratic presidential nominee joe biden condemned the violence in portland, oregon, accusing president trump of fanning the flames of hate and division in our society in society and recklessly encouraging violence. we we, we must not become a country at war with ourselves, biden said in a statement, but that is the america the, uh, that President Trump wants us to be, the America he believes we are. All of us are less safe because Donald Trump can't do the job of the American president. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, Donald Trump said this. His response came after Trump denounced uh, Black Lives Matter protesters as agitators and thugs uh, on a Sunday morning program, uh, calling for a federal crackdown on demonstrations in cities such as Washington, In Portland, where a man died after tensions between uh, pro-Trump and liberal groups burst into violence. Let me tell you something. You get these two elements together, yes, you're going to have people that are very disturbed by it. Victor, talk to me. How do you feel about the situation? We have have this going on here. Donald Trump is uh, uh, instilling these pro-Trump supporters to go out here and take matters into their own hands. How do you feel about it?
1: I feel that they think this is going to play in their favor because they're going to say that all this violence is being caused by places where Democrats are in power. But I want to go back and Murray, you know, this rare because this happened in your home. Let's talk about Dylan. Dylan Hmm. went to mother Emanuel AME church in Charleston, South Carolina. He was invited in with open arms. And while they prayed, and let's remember something, um, Clemente Pinckney, who was the pastor and also a state senator of the state of South Carolina, who was friends with um, Marlon Kempson, a guy that I grew up with, who also is a state senator. But he shot and killed nine people. While Clemente, the wife, and daughter was in the church office, he shot and killed them. He left. They found him the next day, with the gun on the dashboard, got him peacefully, took him to Burger King to get something to eat before they took him to jail. Mm, mm, um, mm. Kyle Littenhausen mm. after Jacob Blake was shot because they said, oh, we thought he had a knife nine times but to allow Kyle Rittenhouse to walk through this protest with AR 15 and um, it was locked and loaded so this is a big double standard Um, Michael bought up Jared Lawton who shot and killed 12 people he's sitting in jail alive Uh, shot a sitting Congresswoman, killed a nine-year-old, killed a judge. He's sitting in jail alive. Um, You got John Holmes, a guy who shot and killed 12 people at the Colorado Theater. He did not even get the death penalty. I am not a proponent of the death penalty, but I'm just saying the fact that they always in death, death, death. Because you know, when you, you talk about death penalty, we can go right back to Susan Smith who killed her children in Union, South Carolina. She's still sitting in jail alive. Yeah. So the Drug
0: problem
1: is, is that the one baby that... Baby. Yeah. But the problem is the one that's committing the violence are sitting in jail alive. And the one they want to accuse the violence, who are us, who don't even have a weapon. I mean, even when it came down to... Both the uh, Jean, both the John, the young man who was sitting in his home and shot by the police from in Texas. What they tried to say, oh, we found uh, the toxicologist found marijuana in his system. But that is no reason to shoot and kill a man in his own home. So same this, thing with Breonna Taylor. Right. She's in her home sleep. Sleep. And you know why they, they went there? Because of an expert boyfriend not the boyfriend she was living with but because of an ex-boyfriend who they had in custody at the time when they um broke into her house so it's a major double standard this is why black lives matter because of the double standard
0: yes so much so much so and we are folks you're listening to the community call podcast we all are with michael victor charlene Uh, And myself tonight, we are we are in the midst of a a rousing discussion surrounding BLM and Donald Trump and the excitement of Trump supporters who are out here agitating and going after BLM protesters by the words of the current president of the United States, Donald Trump, which I think is we are are, are, we're 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 folks are wanting. And I, I just want to put this out here. Folks are wanting a race war. Folks want some sort of racial division, violence against brown, black, brown, and yellow people. Uh, I don't know what's happening to our nation when we have a leader who continues to use these kinds of tactical words, slighted words, catch-all words that these folks hang on to for the next six months of their lives, I don't understand why people want to go out and hurt innocent folks who are only seeking balance in their lives. We all want that balance. We all want that American dream, as Dr. King said. We want that. And what I'm starting to see, the violence is becoming a part of Donald Trump's rhetoric to have the base rile up enough to re-elect him into office. And I want to tell you something, folks, if you're not ready to vote, now is the time to get out and vote and be active in your communities. I'm encouraging everyone to take someone to the polls with them and have them vote. If you're not registered to vote, please reach out to... Um, community leaders, community mentors, and people in your community who are working in the voting part of of our government, and ask them ask them to help you get registered to vote, or either take you to the polling places so you can understand how to vote. It's very very important right now that we do that. Um, guys, we want to continue on with Uh-oh. our discussion, and I to I just want to touch on this um, right here. Um, I want to touch on. And I'm and I'll come to you Michael. I want to touch on this just for a second. You know, everybody talk about evangelical Christians so much, right?
3: Mm.
0: And I want to just ask my evangelical Christians who's who told y'all, who told y'all that it's okay to hate and still yet you want to be a Christian. If you understand Thank the premise of the word Christian. Amen it means christ-like so your christ didn't hate anyone he loved everybody so you can't be a christian and love christ too and at the same time hate as well those are that that doesn't fit am i right guys it doesn't fit when you when you're trying to say you're a christian but you hate black, brown, yellow, blue, orange, purple, but still yet you want to be called a Christian. You know what I called that person? A hypocrite. A Pharisee. Same thing. Hypocrite, Pharisee, you're not being Christ-like. Just take that title off your name. You are not a Christian if you hate black people. You can't call yourself a Christian. If you, hate, if you hate Japanese people. You can't call yourself a Christian if you hate Italians. You, you can't call yourself a Christian if you hate Cubans. You can't call yourself a Christian if you hate Puerto Ricans. You can't call yourself a Christian if you hate Indians. You can't call yourself a Christian if you hate people from the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. You can't call yourself a Christian if you hate everybody in Africa. You can't be a Christian and hate. At the same time, it just Don't work. It It don't work. Do y'all hear me? Go ahead, Michael. Just
2: and also add if you engage in any kind of discrimination, that in itself is a form of hate. All in all, if you do not know how to love and know the meaning of love and know the importance of trying to get along with one another to promote peace. If you do not have love in your vocabulary, you cannot, cannot, cannot
0: call yourself Christian. Ask Jerry Falwell Jr. Is he still a Christian right now? <laughs> Jerry Falwell was last
2: five minutes with me in the debates.
0: Ask Jerry Fowler Jr. Is he still a Christian, folks? just be honest here. Come on, people. You standing uh, up? Even- in- <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. You standing up in a pool pit in America, and you telling the whole world that your wife is having a relationship with the pool boy, and then you sitting over there. Yes, I was. I was participating too. I was watching. And still yet, you are the president of Liberty University. A Christian university. I want people to hear me. You can't put sin and say that it's okay to be sinful and then call yourself a Christian. Them two don't mix. Them two don't mix. Listen to me. You can't be a Christian and and continue to embrace sin. Your wife having adultery right in front of you. Are you kidding me? Oh, I'm I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to be conservative because it's a choice. You can be a hypocrite, but you can't be a Christian. Christian means Christ like. I'm going to say it until I die. If you're a Christian, you have to be Christ like. Have a measure of, how many people have the measure of forgiveness in their hearts? And there are evangelical evangelical Christians out here walking around, and you go to a church and I go to a church, and we can't sit together and break bread together and pray to the same God together, but you're going to wake up in the morning and walk outside on the street with an AR-15 and try to kill me. But still, yet yeah, you want to call on the name of Jesus. It don't make no sense to me. It just don't. Michael is Michael is in a city where there's there's so much religious diversity in New York City. And being a being a being a, a part of Catholicism is a great task for a lot of people, being a part of the function of church. I'm talking, to, uh, I'm talking to somebody out here. I know I'm talking to somebody. Amen, somebody. somebody. Amen. Amen, somebody.
1: Because then, that's Charlene what... Charlene would like to respond to that.
0: Go ahead, Charlene. Talk to me. What you got?
3: Guys, all I can say is what we used to say back in the day. What's done in the dark, it shall come to the light. This has been a long time coming. Everything is going to be... Sh- Put out into the light watch what i say it's going to come out and everybody's going to see what they are and what they're not now i've been known for a long time farwell was not a christian he oh, yeah. be one because it's profitable for him well his daddy now laid him his work. his dad when his dad right. was slamming my first cousin back in the 80s when she was running for public office Saying that she was proponent of gay marriage back in the day before he even became popular. So he basically painted and vilified her to the voters mm-hmm. for no account.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but but you're a Christian, though. You, you, you It's okay you're for you to vilify. So you still supposed tell lies
3: just like that, just like the yeah. one in the White House right now. All they yeah. know to do is lie.
0: That's what I'm talking about. You ain't a Christian, you a hypocrite. Let's be honest. Come on, let's just get it out here.
3: Exactly. But I heard you. somebody else said it best. I'm so sorry. And this is not for the ones that are innocent to these behaviors, but they will lie, steal, cheat, and kill to get their way. And look what they're doing right now.
0: They're lie, they're allowed, cheat, and steal and kill just to remain in power. Amen. And I'm just gonna be honest. Uh you know, it, it, it's sad that we pros- profess ourselves as being a Christian nation and then look at us. Look at it. You got racial divide going on all over the country. You got racial you got racial upheaval in high places in the government. You got you got racial disparity in churches. Where preachers won't even talk about racism. from the pulpit where they need to talk about racism and they choose not to do it but still yet you want us to give you the money
3: that's right that's what it's all about
0: you want us us to give you the money on Sunday morning but you won't talk about racism you Mm -hmm. won't talk about equality you won't Mm -hmm. talk about the the ability to have jobs that's the problem Nobody we got.
3: To... talk about the uh, kids in cages. None of that. it. has the preachers been on a long time now. It's been a why long time
0: And that's why I told a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he's he's a deacon at a church. Excuse me, Victor. I'm coming to your side. I had a good friend of mine that's a deacon. God bless him. And me and him had a long conversation about Democrats and Republicans one day. He's, he's a staunch Republican, and he, he, he talked about Donald Trump, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so I asked him, how can you be a Republican and a Christian at the same time? Republicans believe in law and order, they say. But they also believe in stealing, robbing, and killing in places where people can't defend themselves. And then you come back and glorify with it with American pride. To me, that's idolatry. So how can you wear this mantle of being a Christian and a Republican? Them two don't work together. Now, don't get me wrong, and I know I'm gonna have some criticism come from this from this episode because people gonna listen back to it, especially Republicans. Well, Republicans, I'm gonna call, I'm calling you out. You can't embrace my God and continue to kill my brothers and sisters. You can't embrace my God and keep children in cages. You can't embrace my God and allow people to starve in the streets. You can't embrace my God and you won't give, you won't get you won't come to the table and let's talk about healing this COVID-19. You can't you can't call yourself a Christian and embrace my God. If you think it's all right for a kid to take a long gun and kill two innocent people and go all the way back home and nobody lay a hand on him, you can't embrace my God. You can't. I got a God that looks high, looks 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 so high and looks down here to the low parts of the earth and sees what's going on here. And people think they want to justify their behavior with 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 oh oh, oh I, I didn't know. Yes, you did. It's like I, it's like I told my deacon friend, you knew, you knew, that Donald Trump was, was, was not worthy of the mantle president. But y'all got together, and decided to make him a president. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take y'all to understand that he was never worthy of the title president. And it's gonna be a, it's already hundred eighty thousand Americans who had died, because his inability to lead this nation he's only leading a sector of the nation and that sector is the nation of racist folks who embrace his his idea of of this white utopia in this country the only utopia i know is heaven that's the that's the ultimate utopia And for these hypocrites who think they're going, they they got a rude awakening coming. Mm -hmm. This, This pandemic, this pandemic is just the beginning of our sorrows. We done been through some sorrow, but we going through the sorrow now. And folks need to understand, you can't trick me into thinking that it's all right for a white kid, 17 years old, to kill two people and he not get prosecuted but you decide to shoot a man seven times in the back and then you have the audacity to go to a hospital while he's laying in a bed with seven holes in him and put a shackle on him for an old warrant. The only reason why y'all unshackled the man was because you were embarrassed to to the point where it was unbearable. Mm-hmm. That's where we are. That's where we are. That's where we are, America. America, are you ready? Are you ready for the change, Murray? If, if this pandemic hadn't changed you, what's gonna change you? And then folks just don't get it, Michael. Just don't get it. They don't want it. They don't want to understand that we we're beyond we're beyond patience. We'll be sitting by and letting people die in the street. George Floyd. Michael Gardner.
2: Me, Eric Gardner.
0: Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, a whole bunch of them. Breonna Taylor. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Martin Luther King. bigger Evans, bunch of folks who died at the hands of gun violence by perpetrators who have been incited by this racist rhetoric coming from the white house and coming from yep. these hidden hamlets all across this country where these where these groups are are meeting in silence in the in dark places while we lay our heads in bed at night trying to figure out how we're going to make a dollar for the next week to pay our bills. They out somewhere plotting against you. May I clarify something? Go ahead, Michael.
2: Well, it's, you're pretty much on target, Murray, with the idea of Christianity and being Christ-like. Uh, we just need to um, stress that not not one of us will be totally Christ-like. For Jesus Christ was fully human and fully divine, and we, the people, will never be fully divine. That is just one of those uh, mysteries of faith, and through the Christian Church, um, that we have grown to accept and understand the divinity of Jesus Christ. With that said, Jesus knows that you know he taught in the Gospels about being as close to perfect as we can, knowing that we will falter. But the important thing, and it shouldn't be so difficult, as you have emphasized, for each of us to do. He only gave us one calling, to love one another as he has loved us, to respect the rights of others, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The atrocities that you mentioned, Murray, is certainly not those that Jesus has taught us, not those that Jesus has condoned or would ever condone. So it is not only hypocritical, but it's absolutely blasphemous for anybody to think they will commit these atrocities, these simple atrocities, and then have the gall to call themselves Christian. Now, when it comes to the pool boy thing, the only thing I could say, as a Christian, as a Catholic, perhaps is to, you know, to each their own, except for if the guy was uh, minor. But the whole point is that we've also had a problem with these evangelicals engaging in such um, behavior, and they'll say, oh, but it was consensual all around and blah, blah, blah. All right, so if it was consensual then that is your business, but don't you dare come about and try and make yourselves holier than thou and want to talk down onto people who engage in activities that you may not approve of. See, you're the type of people that want to call yourselves Christian morals, champions of Christian morals and family values, but then you're engaging in this hate, you're engaging in this violence, you're engaging in... Yes, I have to throw in there the pedophilia, but then how dare you go into the private lives of legitimate um, human beings that just because they're LGBTQ, that you're going to blast them for having a relationship with one another. But yet, they're the ones that are peaceful. They're the ones that are law abiding. So what if they're the same gender? It's their relationship, not yours. You are the same um, right-wing Christians that will not allow interracial relationships because you say, oh, it's against God's will, it's against God's plan. Who are you to make that kind of statement? And on top of that, it's nowhere in the scriptures that says such a thing. How dare you people? So so just as I have interracial family members through marriages, I have a sister-in-law that is white. And I love Daley because she's family. That's the whole thing. It's family. How dare you, right, when you go into people's families and want to break them apart? You call yourselves champions of family values and you're breaking up families just because of your racist BS?
0: Separating families, Michael. That's the.
2: the
0: um, Guys. I'm going to say this, and I want to bring this to to, to a close, but I'm going to read this scripture because it's on my heart to read right now. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses saltlessness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Do y'all understand the verse? Yes,
2: yep. And, and I got to give credit. I'm sorry, I almost forgot. I'll be so, um, I'll be so upset if I didn't forget to give credit where credit is due. And that is to the pastor of my parish, and the other Catholic pastors. And he's white, but he recognizes the racism that's going on. And in the prayer of the faithful, each and every week, is this um, prayer intention for an end to racism? To, to promote the peace and love as Christ has always taught us. You know, there are pastors that are stepping up and have been very diverse. My parish is more diverse than ever yeah, than it was before. And like,
1: hallelujah to that.
0: Thank you, Michael. Go ahead, Victor. I heard you back there. What, what are you thinking, sir, before we go?
1: Okay, before we go, I'm going to say this in closing. First, uh, man the evangelicals try to prop up Christian president. In my lifetime, the most Christian president that I've seen was Jimmy Carter. And he was lambasted mm-hmm. by the same people. He was yep. lambasted because, see, his whole administration was fighting for peace. He, he did not have any wars. He did a peace accord with Anwar Sadat and the prime minister of Israel. Um, his whole... Fame was fighting for peace, and he got lambasted by these same guys. Um, Let's look at another Christian school, Bob Jones University. They had to be threatened to lose their tax exempt exempt image. I mean, hold on, let me me start over. They had to be threatened to lose their tax exempt status because of the fact that they would not allow interracial dating on their campus. -hmm. Bob Mm Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina. So the 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 thing is, is that we all gonna fall short. But the problem is, don't be so judgmental of other people. And this is what the evangelical do; they are so judgmental
0: all the time. And that, if guys, I I appreciate you so much for coming on tonight, Charlene. I need you back there listening. Talk to me before we go.
3: I'm still here. I'm just taking in everything and doing a whole lot of praying, encouraging. And we we um,
0: doing a lot of, we doing a lot of praying for you, sister, planning. because we know you there. We got there, You out there. Edges right helping you I'm helping people.
3: Because we are going to be. I'm going to be taking off the day of election. I'm going to early vote and then I'm going to be driving people to the polls. So I'll be offering my services, even though it's the pandemic. I'm still going to offer them rides.
0: All I right, shall I do appreciate, sure you, Charlene.
3: Cover, right, take the precautions and making sure I stay safe, but helping those that need to get out and do what they've got to do because we're in dire times right now.
0: Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And and, and we are. We are. And I appreciate you for for your volunteering. And helping out people get to the polls is something that we want to keep emphasizing here on the show, asking everyone to get out and and encourage people to vote. I'm, I myself will be getting out to encourage people to vote. Um, we are making plans to be out and, and talking with people uh, with a microphone, asking them how they feel about the world right now, the election right now. We're going to be doing that very soon. Um, we are hoping that we can start a voter drive real soon here coming up in the next few days, few weeks. We hope we can do that. Um, it is it is imperative that people understand there's a there's a difference between being calling yourself a Christian and being a Christian. And right now, what I see is people who are not being Christ-like at all. They wear the the label only for their own security and functionality. That's all it is. It's just a label. It's not who they are at all. You can't hate and love at the same time. Those two don't fit together. No matter what you do. I had a situation happen to me yesterday, coming back, running an errand. And I came out of the store. There was a young lady, a young white lady sitting in a vehicle. And I know her parents were sitting in the vehicle, too. But as I was coming to my vehicle, she wound the window up and then locked the door. As good enough to say, you're not even I don't even want to see you. Racism is taught by adults. The children mimic the adults. Whatever you're teaching your children, they will become as you are. And that's the problem we have now. Racism is here to stay in their mind. And people refuse to embrace the fact as this nation ages, we become more and more and more and more diverse by the race that we ha- races that we have in this nation. If, if you want a sign of where we are in this world, look at the size of hurricanes. Look at the fires that are going on in California. And then on top of everything that we're going through, we have this pandemic. If those are not signs for you to see, then it's time for you to wake up. Hey, folks, this is the Community Call podcast. Again, I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr., Whatever you do, stay together. Stay in love. Peace. Are you listening to the same old political talking points? Then check out the community call for a new perspective on politics. Left, right, center. We bring it together with an open and honest political discussion.